Welcome back to Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm Pat. We ain't playing no games today. We're just getting right into it. And if you'll notice, hopefully, the audio quality should be rather greatly improved as to the normal. Because we're in the same location! High fives. <laughs> High fives. <laughs> uh, brought my computer and all that came to help him move some stuff around, some laundry equipment around. Yes. And uh, now we'll be able to record in the same spot for the first time. Well, if you don't count gifted punksters well, when yes. we recorded two episodes but yes i'm not counting that because that's not our own it's your own not our own <laughs> so yeah we're gonna talk about today i was thinking i wanted to talk about john wick because i just watched that oh, last so that's night. fine but we'll, we'll go ahead let's finish yeah your i'm gonna i'm gonna lead you in there because uh, we watched that for the first time last night i did and it was amazing and maybe a, depending on how much time we have maybe a little bit about preacher because i'm pretty upset about the show still since yesterday you haven't seen it i don't <laughs> have to see it to start getting upset Otherwise, the reason why we jumped right into the introduction is Patrick's going to explain to me what the ECW is because I have I've never I don't know I I've heard of the Dudley brothers the Dudley boys Dudley boys the two wrestlers but I don't know what the ECW is so lay it on me daddy the exact same thing that happened because I was watching uh, on WWE Network if you had the WWE Network um, in the Beyond the Ring section where they have like all their like old like uh, footage and stuff or like all the old like documentaries they made and stuff one of them was the top fifty. Like ECW moments, I think like OMG or some ridiculousness. Um, and Kevin was like, I've been watching little bits and pieces here and there. Cause I've already watched the whole thing, but I've been watching bits and pieces just kind of like what before I fall asleep and stuff, or to kill time. And Kevin's like, "What's ECW?" And my reaction was just abject horror because it's just like, "I'm gonna need a minute." Was <laughs> what you said. I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> like, okay, basically, it stands for Extreme Championship Wrestling, but like. I think I've talked about it on Punksters. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure I have. Um, literally everything... Basically, the thing that kind of got me into everything I'm into with wrestling is because of ECW. Like, people remember it because of the hardcore aspect, mm-hmm. where it was, like, the blood and guts and the tables and barbed wire and yeah, chairs and all that cho- shit. they are throwing each other down on flaming tables with barbed ra- wire wrapped around them or whatever. But also, like, that's that's where I learned about great matches. Like, that's right. Like, I mean, Christ, you look at, like, fucking, like, Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko, some of the best matches ever there. Like, Sabu and Taz. Like, there has been some great fucking... Who- who, was it its own thing, or did they borrow from the WCW? That was, or that was another thing. Is that like basically it was this tiny federation that was mostly based in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and they kind of went up and down the East Coast and like a little bit. Like they by the end, like by, they they ended up closing their doors at the end of two thousand one or the beginning of two thousand one, the mm-hmm. end of two thousand essentially because their last show was in January mm-hmm. of two thousand one. Um, but like they were this tiny company that everybody stole from. Basically, like everything in the Attitude Era and everything WCW did was even though they don't they won't admit it it was pretty blatantly stolen from ECW like pretty much like i mean you have your stone cold Steve Austin like mm-hmm. drinking beers and blah, blah blah sandman was the first guy to do that like he would walk to the rings like drinking smoking a cigarette and drinking a beer okay. while enter sandman played like it's a great entry it's huh? like fucking Dutler, like all of the best wrestlers in that company like raven the dudleys blah, 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 they all ended up in WCW and WWE because it was just like, and I mean, granted, Vince was less about screwing. From every story I've heard, basically, Vince had it's good. It, it kind of it swings back and forth between how much of a vested interest he had. Because I know he did, he made an investment at some point, but um, where he would compensate Paul, like he would also kind of send people down to get seasoned and then like send them back up. It was kind of almost like developmental. Um, but he would compensate Paul uh, Heyman, who owned ECW, mm-hmm. uh, if he took somebody. Whereas WWE would literally just take motherfuckers. 
and then they should be like, hey, hey, go fuck yourself. Like, there was actually was a story, because it's kind of a legendary thing that, like, um, Eric Bischoff had Medusa, um, at the time she was Wonder Blaze, um, who was the WWE uh, Women's Champion, dropped the Women's Championship in a trash can on Nitro, and there was a thing that was going to happen, they wanted to happen, but it didn't end up happening, where um, Mike Awesome, the champion of uh, ECW towards the end, he signed him out from under... Paul's nose and was going to have him drop the ECW championship in the trash can on Nitro but the thing was that Paul much like me came from a family of attorneys and instantly filed an injunction so that was not a thing that happened (laughs) they acknowledged him being the ECW champion when that was the best they could do Um, but that led to one of the coolest things ever where like Taz who had been like one of the mainstays in ECW but ended up in WWE in 2000 Mm -hmm. um like Taz, a WWE contracted wrestler, beat uh, Mike Awesome, a WCW contracted wrestler, for the ECW title, <laughs> and then he almost immediately dropped it to Tommy Dreamer because um, that was the whole point of just transitional champion. But but yeah, to like but to answer the question, I think like to me ECW was like I got into wrestling because of WWE, but like the reason I love wrestling, the reason I'm still into wrestling is because of ECW. Like, because that's where I learned my great matches. That's where I first saw, like, Lucha Libre, because mm-hmm. they had, like, the luchadors in there. That's where I first saw, like, pretty much everything that I'd ever seen in wrestling. The first time I saw it was usually there. Um, was it still super story-driven, or was it yeah. super match-driven? No, it was super, it was super story-driven. Like, oh, okay. you, the storylines were always awesome. Like, one of the most famous ones was, like, the whole Tommy Dreamer Raven angle, where basically, like, um, Tommy Dreamer was kind of, like, the cool kid back in the day, like, in, like, middle school, high school, like... Mm-hmm sports guy blah blah like and Raven was like the outcast like and he wanted his revenge on Tommy for humiliating him and bullying him as a child and basically they had that whole storyline where basically like Raven would constantly beat down Tommy Dreamer and they was all like basically Tommy Dreamer then stole out Raven's girlfriend and blah 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 there was like it was all these twists and turns it was a years long storyline there was like a legendary storyline with um Raven and the Sandman where basically Raven essentially stole Sandman's family and turned them against him like because basically it was his like kind of cult-like thing mm-hmm. like, like they, the Y brothers or something essentially except yeah. for he was just an asshole like he wasn't like there was no like mysticism it was just he was just a sociopath he was just not a good guy <laughs> um, but yeah it was super story driven like and I was saying that, that's, like, I mean, that's what I'm saying like I got into wrestling because of WWE but like I stayed in wrestling because of ECW and like um, once ECW folded a couple of years later was, uh, cause, like, I pretty much, I don't think I even stayed wrestling, like, a year after, uh, ECW folded, because I stopped watching for a couple of years, because WWE, once they bought all their competition in WCW and ECW, mm-hmm. it just sucked, because it was like, yeah, you had this really great roster, but you didn't know how to use any of these people, so it just sucked, and there was no competition to make you be better, so. And now it's, ju- so now everything that's wrestling is WWE, but it's, like, affiliate, no. so, like, NXT is WWE. Not quite. I mean, yes, NXT is WWE, but, like, that's the whole thing, is, like, the thing I was about to say is that, like, um, the guy who was Paul's um, assistant in ECW started Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. which would brought me back to wrestling. Because it was, I mean, really the thing that brought me back to wrestling was CM Punk, but, like, CM Punk was in Ring of Honor when I first got into Ring of Honor. And, mm-hmm. that's what, and then from there, I was just like, oh, this is fucking amazing. It was basically, basically, ECW's soul kind of split into two factions, mm-hmm. where kind of the great matches and shit went to Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. and the blood and guts went to CCW, Combat Zone Wrestling, based out of California, which I genuinely can't watch. Like, I've watched, like, a couple shows here and there, but it's so violent that I'm like, this it is... It still happens? It's oh, still... yeah. Oh. 
I was like, I, I was like, I'm like, this isn't pleasant. Like people going through glass, people going like the, huh. the tangled web, like the barbed wire, the ring is covered in barbed wire. It's just, like, it just, it's too much for me. Like I'm not, there have been some good stuff, like the Sammy Callahan Adam Cole feud in that company was awesome because that was wrestling based. But like most of it, when it's like blood and guts, I'm like, I just have no interest. Yeah. But yeah, now like I mean, actually, this is the first time in a while where like I hope they're making good money. <laughs> oh my god, they're not. <laughs> um, this is the first time in a while where actually there's a huge proliferation where WWE like they're now doing something which is as I said like it's evil genius. I've said in the past where basically it's like yeah they're stealing a lot of guys, but at the same time they've also made deals to kind of build up some indie promotions like mm-hmm. um, they did to the UK Championship Tournament where they're using guys from Progress and stuff, so they're, like, building up Progress and talking about Progress and, like, ICW. There's a rumor that, that they're going to actually start showing ICW on the network, which is a British promotion, was a Scotland-based promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I guess their plan is basically, like, not to buy their competition outright, but to basically just, like, give you more options on the network, which mm-hmm. is evil genius, and it's awesome. So basically, the only, like, I mean, the, right now, the primary um, competition, I'd say, is... Um, like New Japan, mm-hmm. uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, because that's the only real company where they have like contracts that kind of take that like we can't use guys. Because that was the whole thing when they did the Cruiserweight Classic and like um, the UK tournament, it was always using guys who were like guys who had contracts elsewhere or didn't have contracts elsewhere, but like were frequently used elsewhere, mm-hmm. and just kind of bringing them into the fold and letting them kind of just work this thing and then just kind of send them on their way whereas now it's like I'm saying like it's like it's actually it's nice because like Vince still has that desire to own everything which I don't think will ever go away even I think when Triple H checks over it might mellow out somewhat um Triple H is in charge of NXT right now yeah he's, and he's a wrestler like so he's still more, okay <laughs> he works Wrestlemania <laughs> oh okay <laughs> um but yeah well because basically um when Vince finally retires which god knows I mean he might have to die for that to happen but um, I heard everything that Paul said we're like because basically the plan is supposed to be that Triple H and Stephanie will take over mm-hmm. um, when Vince retires but like uh, Paul Heyman actually had a theory he's just like he honestly might wait um, and by the time that he's ready to go it might be like Triple H's daughters that take over at the, at the fucking well, yeah, Vince is what he's like 70 now right he's in his like 70s yeah hot damn <laughs> but he's still in amazing shape so oh yeah like... they still do random things where he's yelling at everybody and getting all pumped up but god <laughs> I'm just saying he's still built like a fucking brick shit house so I mean good for him kind of but... gotta be when you're in charge of that don't you <laughs> you can't you can't falter <laughs> oh that's disgusting but it's cool um alright enough about wrestling okay we've done wrestling in every episode so let's slide it out <laughs> Well, in fact, if we do Batman, I'm sort of get to punch uh, somehow. Yeah, that's so. true. I do. You guys do talk about the Batman. Uh, we so watch... Spider-Man episodes, we do Batman. Go ahead. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, and Spider-Man ends up in every episode almost, too. Mm. Um, we watched, uh, for the first time last night, John Wick. Well, I watched it previously. Yes, you watched it for the 13th time. <laughs> and we watched it for the first time. Uh, which is just a super, super great action movie that... I don't even know how to explain it, because it's not like anything else. Well, I mean, it kind of is in the sense that, like... Oh, big spoiler alert in the... Because I'm going to give you a full rundown on the movie, but just... So it's kind know. of a, like, throwback to, like... If you've ever watched, like, 70s revenge pictures... I have not. Like, Death Wish, or, like... I've heard uh, of it? Point Blank. Like, it's kind of in the vein of that. Is Point Blank the... What's Point Blank? 
That's not Point Break. You're thinking of Point Break. I'm thinking of Point Break. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, which I also started kind of reusing. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why it's not popular. <laughs> but no, Point Blank is a '70s movie. Um, it's kind of a throwback to those, but at the same time, it's as I said before. Like I said to you, and I've said to other people, I'm just like, um, actually, the first person I think I told was Logan Barker, because I thought he was, he was the first person I thought would understand. Um, where it was the most, it, the first time I've seen action done so innovatively since John Woo was working in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Like when he did like The Killer and Hard Boiled, stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember the first time I saw Hard Boiled, my friend Timmy Fisher, um, we literally, the opening Tea House shootout, we literally were both sitting there like, like our mouths agape. Like we didn't speak, we were just like, what the fuck are we watching? Like, this is fucking amazing. And then everybody kind of points to the, one, basically one take thing at the end where basically it's all kind of it's one shot it, it's uh, not really one shot but it's yeah, it, it looks like one like shot it is yeah which basically every movie is kind of bitten from the last couple of years mm-hmm. um, but yeah then like, and then the first time I saw John Woo like the, this or John Wick uh, the scene where uh, in the beginning where he basically like takes on 12 dudes in his house and very smoothly goes through it and yeah. then I was just like with a mix of like MMA and just guns like I was like I've never seen anything like this. Like I was like, and that's awesome because like it's so because like, every action movie like I love them, but they have a very they they're they're all very similar in the way they shoot everything and the mm-hmm. way that the action occurs. Except Con Air, which is the best one. I, I love Con Air. Don't get me wrong. It's number saying, one. It's very much like a '90s action movie though, where it's just mm-hmm. like you kind of have like the kind of the batshit insane of the '80s, mm-hmm. but like the whole '90s thing that kind of started with Die Hard, mm-hmm. of kind of like an everyman grounding it. So it's like instead of like Schwarzenegger and Stallone, who basically are, basically they're superheroes. Yeah, that's why like Terminator was muscle genius. bound animals. Well, because yeah. that's the, the reason Terminator was genius because he actually could be a superhero because yeah. he was just like a, just a fucking robot. Yeah, whereas a like cyborg. I'm just saying, but like in fucking like Commando, he's a regular dude, but he's carrying a fucking tree on the shoulder next time yeah. the first time you see him. And that so huge like, chain gun. Yeah, well, that's, always got to have a chain gun. In one but yeah, the thing is, like the, the thing that like kind of started with. Um, with Die Hard um, was kind of the everyman just kind of like using his wits and blind luck mm. to get like to basically take out a, a threat that no normal man should be able to take out mm-hmm. instead of just being like well I'm going to walk into this room with this chain gun and they're all going to die <laughs> like well, that, I'm going to not take a single hit <laughs> that was what was so weird is it's not it's not like so all these movies play up like the odds are against the main character, you know, like like Die Hard, it's one man taking on this building and stuff like that. Or Con Air, it's this just Marine guy taking on a bunch of brutal, murdering convicts and stuff. And no, this one, right from the jump, they let you know that, you know exactly how it's going to end. There's technically no, like, giveaways. Sure, John gets beat up a handful of times, but you're never, like, confident. Well, because the thing is, like, the world building that movie is the, probably the most amazing part. Is it, like... When it starts off, you don't know what it is. Like... Well, okay, yes. But, so, for, like, example, uh, it's super corny, but it works perfectly for this movie, is the line where the, uh, the so, so what happens is John Wick is just living on his own, he's retired with his wife, he's happy, she dies, gives him a dog as, like, a... Well, I'm saying, when it first, if it starts out, well, you, but you hold know on. it's an action movie, you think it's, like, a romantic drama. Like, it's yeah, just, like, it starts it's like how is like Keanu going to put his life back together after this, this horrible thing? This is what I'm talking about. So they kill the dog, and they steal his car, and that just pushes him over the line, and that's when you start to find out who he is. Okay, let, let, let me, because you're just, like, pushing right through. I'm just okay. going to, like, give a better line. Okay, slow me down. Um, because basically the whole thing is, as I said, like, you basically mistake it for, like, a romantic drama if you don't know who yeah, it is. because it's, basically, like, his wife passes yeah, away, it starts and he's off crying. And then, yeah, and then, like, uh, she leaves him the dog as basically like kind of a parting gift where just kind of like basically to help him grieve and just kind of give him 
like hope as he mentioned in the end movie where just like it's like this like bastion of hope yeah and so basically he spends like a couple days like drive around his beloved car I think they car. said like three days okay. yeah drive around his beloved car with his now like bonding with the dog and then he runs afoul of I can't oh Yo- Yosef was the character name I still think of him because you don't watch Game of Thrones but mm. it's it's the young Greyjoy from okay. Game of Thrones who basically only plays dickhead children but... well that's like I, I noticed the bad guy from Daredevil uh, was the other Russian guy oh wait the the in Daredevil he's the one who Karen Page shoots kills in Man. season one. That's a different guy, I think. Well, one of it the might ba- be it might the, be. I the, know what you're talking about, but yeah, the one who he dr- drowns yeah. in the water. Is that's that? the bad guy from Daredevil. Fair enough, it might be. And I was like, oh, that guy can only play assholes, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so then like uh, so yeah, so like he runs afoul of Theon Greyjoy's gang, mm-hmm. and uh, they end up breaking into his house, beating him up. Which, honestly, to John, I think would have been fine. I'm like, whatever. Like, take my fucking car. Like, yeah. it's annoying, but, like, whatever. But then they kill the dog. And that, literally, in that second, killed, like, the last bastion of hope that he had in the world. And then you kind of learn... Okay, now here's where I'm coming okay. in. Okay. So, that's the beautiful thing about recording in person. We can cut each other off, and there's no internet delay. It's not like, oh, what you... No, you go, you go. So... That's where that's where the movie takes the biggest turn in that you still don't know who Keanu is until they bring the car to this chop shop, this place that changes VIN numbers and takes stolen John cars. John Leguizamo, yes. John Leguizamo, <laughs> the greatest actor of all time. Um, he immediately he recognizes, recognizes the car and he basically just tells them to f off and get that car out of there. Yeah. And they don't understand what's going on, so he punches the the kid. Young Greyjoy. Let's <laughs> just say Young Greyjoy. Well, yeah, we'll just say Greyjoy. Punches him out, and this kid is like a spoiled, rotten mobster kid who can do whatever he wants and gets away with it. So obviously he's pissed. Goes home, tells his dad, the leader of this big crime. Yeah, because basically what they what, yeah, what they imply is as soon as he mentions the because I think like, basically he like uh, talks to Johnny Legs on the phone, and Johnny Legs is like it was like it's like do you mind if I ask why you punched oh, my son? Yes. So this is what I was saying. And he's this, just like, the next two parts is what makes it so crazy. So this Russian guy is the ultimate they, crime kingpin yeah. as far as the story Basically, is concerned yeah. at the time and he literally just asks why and you're like oh he's gonna kill john leguizamo oh my god and john leguizamo was like he stole john wick's car end of discussion <laughs> yeah, yeah. the russian guy's like oh shit <laughs> understood hangs up the phone that's the end of it so that's step one do you know keanu's not someone to mess with step two is when he's talking to his son he starts beating his son up punching him down and he re- he's, he tells him reveals uh, the nickname. yeah he reveals the nickname and he's like what this guy's the boogeyman he's like no this is the fucking guy you get to kill the boogeyman. Exactly. And you're like, oh shit, this is getting even crazier. So And all this is intercut with him, like, dig, like he's just like digging a part yeah. of his own house oh, with a sledgehammer. He's got like a bloody white tee on <laughs> and he's just destroying the foundation to his home. <laughs> because he buried his weapons there. <laughs> yeah, and it starts playing it up. And I, they don't really turn him into like this, you know, impossible to be godlike James Bondy character. They, they make him a man. He still like gets tired and gets. But yet he's so precise and accurate, like you said, with the house scene where he kills those 12 guys. Every shot, I think you, I bet you could count on two hands how many bullets he actually misses in this movie. They don't play around with like the silly gunfights. It's him shooting people in the face. Well, yeah, the whole it's movie. Like the, the point, like when they ask, basically, like when the son asks who John Wick is, like a man of, like, of focus insane and, focus yeah. and sheer will. Oh my, and he, there's so many double taps. This dude's not happy with just shooting you down. He shoots you down, then breaks your arm, then shoots you in the chest a few more times, then turns, kills your buddy, and then shoots you in the head. It was disgusting. Not bad disgusting. I mean, yeah. in like the way the youths are saying it now. 
It was amazing. And the whole movie is... Ex- I was saying, like, the world building is the best part. is because it's just, like, you kind of slowly, like, come this really slowly dole out facts. They don't tell you everything. It's, yeah. like, very slowly. Like, the whole thing is, like, the whole thing with uh, John Wick, because that's the whole thing. So they're, like, when they ask me who John Wick is, he's just, like... Uh, that basically he was the best and like, wh- like he gave him an impossible task mm-hmm. and basically they imply it was basically him killing all of his competitors in one night and John Wick did it and that's why he was released from his contract mm-hmm. and that's why he was doing his thing but that's the thing is like and then like the, you, you had the Continental Hotel basically all this stuff where you're just kind of giving like, these little, like, yeah. little bits of information as the movie goes on which is what kind of worries me we went to the John Wick 2 panel at New York City Comic Con last year mm-hmm. and I don't because they said they said in all of them, while they were talking, were like, we're going to keep this... Sim-. It was like the whole Deadpool thing, where mm-hmm. Deadpool's like, you can't turn the second one into this major blockbuster and get the same appeal. So they want to keep the budget at $50 million, keep mm-hmm. the writing in these three guys or whatever. So that's what they said at the John Wick 2 panel. They're like, we understand what we could do with this, and where we could turn this into a Jason Bourne-type yeah. story, but we're not going to. Yeah. We're going to keep it grounded, just don't mess with John Wick. And it's got my one of my favorite actors ever in Willem Dafoe, playing Willem to friend. Shouts out to Keith for that joke. And he he gets contracted to kill him and to kill John Wick because this Russian guy, obviously terrified out of his mind, puts like a $2 million bounty on John Wick's head from everybody. And uh, Willem Dafoe, which they don't even tell you who Willem Dafoe's character is. Well, just an old they, friend. Yeah, just, you don't need to. That's what I'm saying. Like, they give you like the barest minimum of what you need ah, to know. It's <laughs> like, yeah, he's... He, which I like, because most people oh, yeah. they over-explain everything. And yeah. Just like, and you're just like, okay, so is he going to kill him? And then there's one scene where he's got the sniper scope right on him, and he sees someone coming in to try to kill John Wick. So he shoots like three inches to the left of his head just to like wake, wake him up, up yeah. and be like, okay, now go take care of this. Which he barely does. And... Uh, and then he he well that's part I actually want to put this out real quick. It is two two actors from The Wire, one of which doesn't make it that long. But that just makes me happy. <laughs> oh, my favorite part of the whole movie is John Wick sneaks up behind the bouncer, which turns out to be Kevin Nash. Nash. That that was legit, not because of Kevin Nash. That was legitimate, legitimately my favorite part because he finds the club where this Russian kid's at, the guy who killed his dog. The that's the whole point of it. If he found him at the very beginning, only one guy would be dead, but he just can't get to him without murdering <laughs> everyone. Um, so he sneaks up behind the bouncer and put, just literally just touches the back of his head with the gun and the guy like pauses <laughs> like like Russian mobsters do. <laughs> uh, but then John Wick speaks and you instantly see Kevin Nash's face like, oh, <laughs> I can't remember what he says. He's he, 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 like, you lost weight. He's like 60 pounds. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like a general, everyone in this movie, that's another thing they do. Everyone in this movie has some sort of, hi, Justin. Hi, everybody. Everybody. There's like 10 people listening when these go up, so... Say hi to those ten people. He just did. Hello, um, ten people. We're talking about John Wick. Have you seen John Wick? John Wick. No, he has not seen John Wick. <gasps> no, I have not. <sighs> Yesterday I would have right? been on your level, but now I'm on a whole nother plane. What'd you say? There's another one. There's a part two, right? Yes. Yeah, it comes out. It. When? It came out today. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's why this, well, this weekend is fucked, because oh. this weekend is Lego Batman... Uh, Fifty Shades yep. and John Wick Two. I'm gonna see all three in theaters. The one I care most about is John Wick Two, and then I go Batman. I'll probably go to with Kevin. Uh, Cardinal, I know he wants to go. I'm pretty excited. I have no about interest in Fifty Shades. Oh come so. on! Why would I care? I'm not. It's entertaining. It's no, not it's... good, but it's entertaining. I don't care. Like oh, I don't... whatever. I like being titillated. <laughs> I mean, I can okay. watch actual That's an porn. Word for that series. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I can just watch actual porn. It's fun. That's true. That's true. But this to... is like legal porn in theaters. It's all legal. Nothing. No, no in the theaters. You, if you just pull your phone up and are watching porn on your phone in the theaters, I'm pretty sure you could get some sort of. 
dissertation. No, I don't think so. Honestly. Well, no, Pee Wee Herman whipped his penis out. That was different. Porno theater. What else do you do in a porno theater? Not that apparently. Keep it. Keep it. Hold on, we're off topic. So, John Wick and Kevin Nash are having a standard conversation, and like just with a gun to the back of his head, obviously, and you can tell Kevin Nash knows he's gonna die, and then John uh, John Wick just says, "Why don't you take the night off?" And he goes. Thank you. And just, that's the end of it. Like, he, he, up until that very last take the night off, he knew he was dead. You don't play with John Wick. No. Oh, my God. And then that leads to, like, the second best, well, actually, I would say probably the the best action sequence in the movie. I think that, like, the first one is the most innovative, and it's really, it's, like, a huge, like, The first one was a phenomenal. Kick. Well, like, yeah, the one that he goes in the fucking club is just amazing. We're just, like, taking on... Everybody think well at least this time they're prepared for him. Yeah. So it's more of a competition. Whereas like the first one was just like, Well, we sent these guys in and John Wick killed them all and like well using And even he's like he, four balls. He's on the phone, the, the the main boss, I don't know names. Vigo. Vigo is on the phone and you don't From, know uh, the original version of um Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Oh, okay. The one that was like British. It's not British. <laughs> yeah, but wasn't, wasn't it? It's uh, it's European. Okay. I want to say it's Swedish. Swedish. All of Europe is Britain, so that's fine by <laughs> me. Um, so, or not anymore. I know, Brexit. Of, oh, <laughs> wow. Right, yeah. Uh, anyways, the, he's on the phone. This is right after John Wick kills all those people in his home, and he's on the phone. You don't know who he's on the phone with, and there's no sentence other than, that. or what did he say, that makes sense, or I figured. And then he just <laughs> hangs it up, and he's like, okay. Because he asked the guy to hire them. He's like... How many guys should I put on this? He says, how many guys do you got? <laughs> and they all die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. When do, you, when do you take... I thought, I honestly thought, because that movie starts so fast and is so continuous mm-hmm. that I thought after he killed... Because killing the son isn't even the climax. No, it's not. Killing the main guy he's yeah. after isn't the climax because if that had... What happened is after he killed well, him... Well, one thing is, because you introduce that character and then you introduce like the big bad, if you will. Yeah. So at that point, even though you're like... The, the plot technically is over. It's like he, at this point, he can't not kill. I know, but they, they even <laughs> the do it. Bad. They even do it well. And like, so the big, the Vigo keeps talking about how good John Wick is. And yet he keeps selling, sending people to die. But uh, about three quarters of the way through, maybe a little over halfway through, John Wick has Vigo with a shotgun to his face. And Vigo just says, okay, if I tell you where he's at, we're good. You'll let me walk. So like that could have ended the movie like okay and then is an amazing scene which isn't i wouldn't call it an action scene because he just picks off everybody from the sniper tower and then he finds the son and it's not even this big drawn out conversation the, the it's just a fucking yeah it's he's about to say it's just a dog but he doesn't even get through the sentence and john wick kills him it's like super anticlimactic but it fits for what john wick like the movie plays out. I mean, that's not the climax. Really, the climax. I know, but is, that could have been. He's not a threat. Yeah, that kid was just like he just protected by everybody. He's yeah. not a threat in any way. That, Whereas Vigo's a threat. That could have been the end of it, and yet yeah. what happens? And even if Vigo hadn't called John Wick, the movie would have ended because mm. Vigo ends up killing Willem Dafoe because Willem Dafoe ended up not killing John Wick. He actually helped him. They don't know he helps him, but they know that he's yeah. he d- denies the contract. He had the basically. chance. Yeah, yeah he had all the ability. So if if Vigo had just killed Willem Dafoe like he did and walked out the movie would have ended he'd got on his helicopter and left instead he gets cocky calls him and lets him know what's happening so John Wick goes after him because you can't don't hurt what John Wick likes just walk away indeed it's so simple indeed which the second movie looks like there's gonna be the same amount of like big action movies but more car yeah well I mean that's the thing the second movie it definitely looks like uh, the Matrix reunion of having Larry Fishburne will basically be the Willem Dafoe and Trinity right Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know her name. 
Uh, Carrie Ann Moss. And actually, Jerry Hogarth in the Marvel Oh, Cinematic yeah, Universe. yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dude, she gets cut up in that. That was in Jessica Jones, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he tells the other girl, the purple man, to, oh, that was an intense scene. <laughs> That's, well, because you, you see lots of, like, you see, like, the very one-off murders. You see people jumping off buildings. Yeah. You see people getting shot. You don't see someone getting sliced and diced for, like, ten minutes of screaming and crying. Well, that's because Man is a terrible person. Yes, he is, but I still didn't expect it. I mean, Some people he, he wants to hurt more than It others. was, like, the only other scene that was a little bit harder for me to watch in the Marvel Netflix universe was uh, season two of Daredevil. No, season one of Daredevil, where Nobu and him fight. Mm. And he gets, like... Obviously, he gets cut over and over again, but he gets the hook in his stomach from that thing, yeah. and he drags him by it, and that's not even the end. He keeps getting stabbed and stuff. Uh, uh, again, you see fight scenes, you see people get hurt, but you never see continual horror movie-style slashing. Honestly, my favorite is huh. uh, when basically they're like using everything on Frank Castle, like including fucking drill. Oh my god! And they like threaten the dog. He's like, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? It's just like, and he's like basically gonna break that. I'm just like, oh, Frank he, Castle's adorable. Doesn't he pull a razor out of his skin? Or <laughs> he's something? Some, he will just like, but like I just like that. He's like oh. that one had the most kind of emotional pull of just like it's like we're like Frank Castle who will take any fucking. It's like it's like the same thing as John Wick. We're just yeah. like she threatened his dog. It's like why would you do this? What are you doing? What are you doing? The dog's innocent. Leave the dog alone. And John Wick doesn't play up gore that much. No, it's there's only a handful of scenes where you act like where Willem's getting beat up or something like that where you actually see otherwise you just see the little blood splatter from yeah. the bullet wounds and that's mm. it moving on although he gets stabbed with a wine bottle yeah oh what is funny is it like um because you mentioned the Kevin Nash thing I was like literally almost everybody in that movie is like kind of a a weird kind of a almost almost I mean I wouldn't say I guess like geek icons but definitely mm. people you recognize like yeah um the guy that Owns the Continental, uh, Ian McShane from Deadwood. Yeah, what did I say I knew him from? I know Ian McShane. Well, we talked about it at Comic-Con, and it was another one of those. It, w- it was exactly like when I first uh, knew who the guy from Taxi Driver, mm. the pimp. Mm. Uh, Kirby Kaitel. Kirby Kaitel. The only movie I had known him from up to that point was Little Nicky. And you're like, that's like this actor who is... Oh, Ian McShane was from uh, Hot Rod. Hot Rod, that's, that's right. He's the dad from Hot Rod. <laughs> as soon as you mentioned something shitty, he was in like, oh Christ. <laughs> well, Hot Rod was great. I hate Hot Rod. Oh, I love. I thought it. I'd love Hot Rod because I love Lonely Island. Yeah. That's why. I, that's one reason I haven't seen Pop Star. Never stopped stopping okay. yet. I hear it's amazing, but I'm just like, yeah. I also saw Hot Rod, and that yeah. much soured me on no, them doing movies. Watch ever. Hot Rod again, though, and just because there's so many moments. Like for example, the super overplayed now. And probably at the time it had been done a handful of times, but when he's out uh, flash dancing in the forest and he falls down the wood, like, down the hill for like five to six minutes, <laughs> like at the time I was crying. I was like, it's the dumbest thing, but it was so unexpected because he was doing a footloose thing that I just lost it. I was like, oh, I, but neither here nor there. But yeah, Ian McShane and then like uh, the concierge. Oh, time of- out. One more interruption. I noticed Kevin Nash from the fuzziest far away yeah, shot he of the movie. I was he's like, he's a very tall man. Yeah, he I is. I was even said, "You're like, is that Kevin Nash?" I'm like, I mean, it's a tall guy with gray hair, so I mean, maybe. <laughs> I knew, but what was the chance of me saying Kevin Nash? There's plenty of people they could have just put in there. Anyways, continue. But yeah, um, Ian McShane, Kevin. You said Nash. Kevin Nash. I mean, like the concierge of the, the Continental was on the wire. He was a captain on the wire. Oh. Um, Who was the other wire guy you were talking about that got killed? I was going to say, like, uh, when, because uh, then Perkins from Adrian Palicki from, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff, and then the one that um, he talks to in the hallway, I think his name was Harry, was also from The Wire. Mm-hmm. He was Lester, my favorite character in The Wire. Um, 
because basically, yeah, they establish the rules of the Continental Wrestle. You don't fucking. They say it's basically a hotel for hitmen, and yeah. you don't fucking kill each other on the fucking property. Like yeah. it's like so. Basically, that's why Adrian Plukian so dead um, because she breaks the rules. Oh um, yeah, because that was the big thing. He he offers so it's a two million contract on his head. He offers four to anyone willing to break the rules. Yeah, and she tries. Yeah. When when he so he shows up and everyone's like, oh my god, John Wick's back. This is crazy. He's getting a drink and she offers him a drink on the house and he walks away from it. Mm. What were the implications there? Like, was it poisoned, or did he No, just... it wasn't poisoned. Oh, okay. He just realized, like, if I have this drink, I won't be suited, because well, yeah. I know people are he after me. He's also precise, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, so I wouldn't presume he would, yeah. That's like, the only time, I think the only time he didn't drink in the movie is after he got fucked up. Shank, <laughs> yeah, shanked like, with a wine bottle. he's just like, they're like, it's like, it's like, uh, how about some bourbon? It's like, that sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh my god. But yeah, then like, obviously Keanu Reeves. Yep. Um... Which, he does not have a lot of dialogue in this movie, but even if he had more, he, you couldn't... Well, he speaks with his guns. You, uh, yeah, well, well <laughs> what I movements. mean is, so in lots of his movies, especially one that he gets a lot of flack for, it's because he's not the best dialogue actor, he's a very good physical actor, and he's obviously a great action star. <laughs> well, but... I, I don't think he came along, like, his, he, when I, I remember when I was younger, I was always, like, thought, I was always like, why do people think he's such like, a terrible actor? Mm-hmm. And then I watched Bram Stoker's Dracula, I'm like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, it's only if you cast him really far. It's like Ben Affleck used to be, where it's like if you cast him really far away from his personality, you don't get a good performance. But if you cast him closer, like if he's Ted Theodore Logan, he's yeah. awesome. I think Keanu has grown a lot, where I think now he can kind of play anything to some extent. Yeah. Um, well, I think he's still he, not like fucking well, like. I think he's turned into that like, like Jack Nicholson's really popular for it. Bill Murray is. I want to. I have a story about Bill Murray, which will be part of our science back later. Even though it's not science related, just remind me that that's what I want for the last segment. Where they no longer take those roles where it's like I'm proving myself in Hollywood. He's like, I know who I am. I know what I want to act like, and that's the performance you're going to get. Jack Nicholson obviously is super. Well, that's the thing. I think it's funny that you mentioned Nicholson. I was like, I honestly didn't know um, Nicholson. Like I was, I'd heard my entire life that Nicholson was such a great actor. And my entire life, he had just been playing Nicholson, and it was whatever. Mm. But it was like, it wasn't until I started watching like his seventies work, like mm. Five Easy Pieces and like Chinatown, which is my favorite. When was uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? That was 70s. that was eighty. Oh, eighties, okay. 80. Um, but yeah, that's another one where I was just like, when I saw that stuff, I'm like, wow. So there was a time when John, their dad Nicholson yeah. actually acted. Like there was a time yeah. he gave a shit. There's a reason why people <laughs> like him get to that point. They yeah. are super great actors, and then they just decide, I did it. Let it's kind of where we got with it's, De Niro. And I was going about to say yeah. it's exactly like De Niro, where people judge him for these comedies and stuff like that. It's like, dude, he proved he's done. Like, yeah. let him make money and have fun. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Although Al Pacino being in that Adam Sandler sister movie, Twins or whatever the hell. In it was. fairness, yeah. I mean, fucking Keitel being Little Nicky isn't any better. Like, that was, like great at least that was during. At least that was during Adam Sandler's like right after his peak so when he was starting to come down so you're like this could be good and it obviously ended up being yeah. I like it because I saw it as a 10 year old and that's exactly who it was made for but <laughs> as a grown up I realize it's crappy but neither here nor there um, yeah there's not a lot of dialogue at all for him but when there is it's in the classic like low tone like so when he uh, the gangster at the very beginning of the movie right before he goes on the murdering spree in his home John Wick's phone rings and he picks it up, and it's Vigo, the, the, yeah. the main dad, the bad guy, and doesn't... That whole scene, I think, was the most intimidating John Wick was in that whole movie, because he doesn't say a single word, and yet Vigo knows he's on the other side, and he's, like, pleading. Yeah. He's like, we can get by this. Like, what do you want? We No, we don't got to make a big deal out of this. And then John Wick just hangs up. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. 
Oh, that was great. That was a good movie. <laughs> no, yeah, totally. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, I, like, I was like, and I told you like before we started this, I was like, even though there's only one credited director, it actually was shot by, it was directed by two people, uh, David, I'm probably butchering their names, but uh, David Leach and um, Chad Stileski. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stileski, I don't know. But um, Stileski, he did John Wick 2 by himself because David Leach is doing Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. And I was like, when they first mentioned Tim Miller left, I'm like, ah, fuck. I was like, because that's like, the whole thing is like, I, don't know, I was like, well, I don't want to put my foot down. I'm just like, I was like, yeah, but you don't direct us. So, well, like, clearly Tim Miller knows what the fuck he's doing. I know, but. And then as soon as they said Leech, I was just like, I'm sold, dude. Like, it's like, it's like, because he can fucking direct yeah. action and he has a decent hold on comedy, so. But there's one, like, that's one very, very specific scenario where without Ryan Reynolds. No, I'm not saying that's not true, but I'm just saying, no, like. There's nothing. Yes, Deadpool doesn't exist. Yes, but there are some movies that, like, because the cast works you can have a terrible script yeah and like a like a mediocre director and still get a good product yeah but there's also times where it's like you can have the best cast in the world and it doesn't really work out because like the last six fast and furious movies i, I don't care what you say <laughs> i have a friend at work who loves the fast and furious movies and i i saw the preview Honestly, for fast five was the peak i saw what was the newest one fate called of the furious. fate of the furious i saw the preview for that and i was just like what? The only thing that sucks well, They're I in wish... a submarine now What's the thing is... You're taking it too far No Well no Because the whole point is Basically it's like They're kind of doing What the uh, 80s action movies did Basically just kind of like Because that's the whole thing it's The whole point It's like Stallone and Cliffhanger Like originally there was um, Like if you ever watched Cliffhanger like, There's a bit where he like Jumps from like Peak to peak Whatever And I guess originally It was shot like a much Like an impossibly long peak Like our a peak to peak thing and the audience laughed. I guess that was basically like the studio being like, okay, so that's where we draw the line. Because that was the whole thing. It's basically like, it was like, it was like my whole thing is like, I love these movies. Um, but like Fast and Furious 6, like there's a bit where it's kind, of, it's kind of the whole thing I talked about like with Die Hard, uh, Live for Your Die Hard, when at the end of it, it basically the climax is basically uh, John McClane versus an F 20 Raptor. John McClane wins. Yeah. And I was like, I call bullshit. Like, I was just like, I told my brother, I was like, I get that they're not they're they're now not even only competing with previous Die Hard films. They're competing with every other action film, which have way more absurd. I mean, to be fair, they have better like okay, not better, but they have more advanced protagonists than just a normal guy. Exactly. So they got to turn. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was just like, but that's something. But Fast and Furious Six is like one bit where he like um, jumps from a car, a speeding car. Catches a girl in midair, yep, and then lands in the um, windshield of windshield another car. of another car. And I was just like, "So that man's clearly dead." <laughs> and then he gets up, and I was like, "Okay, it takes a lot for me to be like, I call bullshit." But I was like, "Do I believe that Captain America could do that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Do I believe Dominic Toretto, regular guy, can do that? Well, to be fair, <laughs> Vin Diesel could, but his character maybe not, because um, Vin Diesel is the king. Chronicles of Riddick is still my favorite Vin Diesel movie ever." Really? Uh, followed very closely by Pitch Black, which is obviously the... I like Riddick a lot. Um, I think Pitch Black's probably the best of the three. But... You know what's a really good movie, too? Sorry, I'm getting us off topic. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. You'll know. I actually love Triple X, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the new one's... I haven't I'm seen it yet. I'm curious, but it's got... Anyways, that's an... that whole genre has never been my cup of tea, so I'll probably never like it, But um, which is with the Fast and Furious. Anyways, I think it's called The Phantom. Movie back in the '90s, purple suit. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not Billy Zane. That's not Billy Zane. No, no. I, I just. <laughs> okay. I, I was trying to think of the movie because I just remember loving that movie, and yet it's not well 
remembered. I think it is. I mean, I feel like um, even if you look at the reviews, like it had positive reviews. Because I mean, it's, it is what it is. Like it was, they set out to make a type of movie and they made that movie. I, I, I just it. think for the time, people wanted something different because it was like the mid '90s, where like um, you would kind of because basically Tim Burton did like dark superhero for the first time with Batman, and then went even darker Batman Returns, which then led to things being lightened up considerably with Batman Forever and yeah. uh, and Batman and Robin. Um, oh, Jesus. Um, this is why you, your opinion on the Fast and the Furious movies. Say, no, I... It's a, <laughs> so, to be fair, when I say something's great, I don't mean it's technically proficient. I don't mean it's this work of art. I just mean it's entertaining as hell. It's not, though. It's oh, really All right, neither here nor there. Um, Continue your thought. But, yeah, but, like, that's the whole thing. It was, like, it was... This whole thing of people kind of moving away from like like I, I feel like people wanted something they just didn't know what it was like I feel like The Crow was like oh. super dark it's amazing and I feel like that was kind of like what people because that movie like was a huge cult phenomenon and they kept trying to redo it and it didn't work because every sequel it's basically the same movie but it just doesn't work as well because it was just the right place right time right actor right director right script like mm-hmm. um, but that's the whole thing is like the Phantom was an example of kind of a throwback where it was kind of similar to like it was actually even less similar to Batman Robin or uh, Batman Forever it was more similar to like almost like the Christopher Reeve Superman movies the Richard Donner ones mm-hmm. and I think people just were just like, a charming protagonist who def- and like defies this, this the odds. fun and not like yeah. in any way dark and I feel like people weren't really down for that whereas I feel like now that's the thing is like people clearly want that more mm-hmm. if you look at like the Marvel movies versus the DC movies where like the Marvel movies are I love that people that are like super like hardcore like, I've never been like a Marvel or a DC guy I, I get like, into a lot of arguments at work about this too but it's like um, the thing that people get like really like the DC fans are just like, it's like oh just like the dumb fun Marvel movies like the like it's like, cause they, it's like they had this huge chip on their shoulder where it's like I was like no dude like Batman uh, Batman vs Superman I like the movie I think it's a cool movie and Man of Steel same thing but I'm like it's it doesn't need to be what it is like it doesn't yeah. need to be dark like, especially not as dark as it is like and you're using fun as an insult with the Marvel movies, but I was like the reason people like the Marvel movies is it feels like comics yeah. should. I mean, like there was a brief time when comics got super dark, like in the '80s, like with Alan Moore and Frank Miller. But that was the thing. The reason that didn't sustain was because nobody could really do it as well as Alan Moore and Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. So all these people were trying to do dark and gritty and shit, and it just that's why you don't remember most of that shit yeah. because and that's why history has forgotten most of it because it was crap. And that's the whole thing. It's like now, because the thing I said a million times, like Zack Snyder does not understand what his skill set is, which is really really frustrating to me as a like as a film goer. Is like because he is really good at popcorn entertainment, mm-hmm. like Three Hundred, really oh, fun, really fun movie. I saw that movie in theaters and I lost my face watching it. <laughs> no, I I watched that movie. That was one of those I watched like twenty or thirty times when I got the DVD like in a row. I was like, I love this movie. Yeah, and then like Dawn of the Dead is really really good. Um, I've seen that. I think. And, like, I don't dislike Watchmen, but I feel like Watchmen was the time where you started being like, mm. I'm an auteur. Oh, yeah. And I was like, but you're not. Like, that is not what you were good at. And that's the thing. Is like, And then he keeps doubling down on it, mm. like Man of Steel and Batman for Superman, where he's like, it's like, oh, no, I'm basically like, it's like it's like if everybody else is, like, doing these kind of, like, fun things, where I'm going to do, like, the kind of, like, I'm going to basically be Chris Nolan. And I'm like, yeah. but you're not Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan could do it because Chris Nolan is that fucking good. Yeah. Like, you are not. Like, you, you if you were doing, at like... that. Not a, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm saying, like, do I think Zack Snyder could have done a really good Superman movie? Yes. Do I think Man of Steel was a really good Superman movie? No. Yeah. Like, do I think that if he had just gone full bore for, like, fun, balls-to-the-wall Superman? 
would have been awesome. Like, it been, like, 90s comic Superman? Yeah. I'm totally down. But because you tried to do, think, like, 80s Batman as Superman, yeah. it's like, it doesn't work. I think you said it on Gifted Punksters, but he was talking about his, over, like, he doubles down on trying to create cinematic moments by, like, slowing down the camera and, like, really, like, yeah. overdoing the CGI and the colors and the yeah. filters and all that crap. And that does get a little... Well, that, that doesn't even really bother me. It was like, that's his style. Well, so yeah, whatever. yeah, because it was exactly like it's like getting mad at Tony Scott for when he like he over he basically invented like the overcranking of the film and like stuff oh, like yeah. that and like things that kind of got overdone. But it's just like I'm not gonna get mad at a guy for his. Well, it was it was like, like it was like the beginning of Batman vs Superman where they show you Batman's parents dying yeah. one last time, which I'm okay with. I know you guys were like you, enough with the origin. I, oh, I don't care. It was it was short enough that yeah. it was. No, that's fine. But, uh, I feel like you have to do the origin just because I mean people are like, well, you know, I'm like, yeah, but. Grinch little kid shouldn't go to that movie because yeah. holy Christ yeah. but I was like if you're a little kid watching that movie and you don't know Batman's origin you need to know yeah. his fucking origin but the, the origin of that I, I couldn't tell if I was watching that or Watchmen because yeah. it was identical everything it was absurd and it was a comedian <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and uh, but that was good otherwise I liked that movie what no was, again I don't I, dislike I had something I but the reason I liked Suicide Squad and no one else did oh I love Suicide Squad was like the reason I liked it was because it was the first time that like DC kind of got the balance more or less right where yeah it's dark as fuck but it's also really fun it's like here you want goofy lines and bright colors and silly protagonist well and <laughs> and protagonists here you go well but I'm just saying like that's the thing like if if you had done Batman vs Superman or Man of Steel more like that like where you kind of let it be fun that would have been fine with me but that was the problem with both uh Man of Steel cause I remember when I first saw Man of Steel I was like how do you do Superman dark they had to make Superman dark. And then I watched it again. I'm like, oh, they didn't do Superman dark. Mm-hmm. Superman is Superman. But the problem is that the, Cav- everything around him is dark. And Henry Cavill's a super hunk. So no, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I like him as Superman. Although, like, another just... thing that gets a lot of flack in Batman vs. Superman is how bulky the characters are. <laughs> and sometimes they well, don't... Well, it's basically the Frank Miller drawings. Yeah, and sometimes they don't show it that bad. But when Superman's got his hands cut... Yeah. And his chest is bigger than my entire body. If I curled up into a ball, I still could fit another me inside his chest. It was, and I want to know if that was CGI or no, just Hank Cavill just going, yeah. or Henry Cavill going full on. Because I was like, when Captain America comes out the pod in the first movie, yeah. I didn't like the first Captain America movie. I know it's got decent reviews, but it's not like it. anyone's top lists. But it's good. But when he comes out the pod and his arms are by his side, and he's just, it looked CGI. But that dude just went full on bench press. Yeah, just didn't do anything but bench press. It did. My whole thing with Man of Steel was I was just like I was just like well I mean when they do the next one like I wonder how they're gonna like kind of fix this and then I guess they, they thought there was no flaw they were like no no we're gonna double down on the darkness I'm just like oh for Christ's sake man like the one time the movie gets fun is at the very very end when it's like um, the three of them yeah, yeah the Trinity versus Doomsday because freaking Wonder Woman steals that movie she's exactly. amazing what thing leads me to the the Wonder Man Wonder Woman movie that they're coming out with is her just fighting normal people how's that even possible she's fought normal people <laughs> I know but why like when you see her fighting Doomsday Doomsday you're like okay she'll take out an entire well, army well she's still a soldier yeah I mean that's but the thing though if she fight a normal guy her speed and strength alone is like yeah send 20 men at her and she just does well, this once gone <laughs> yeah, I guess I feel like she's more powerful than Captain well she America. is I'm yeah. just saying but like she's basically like she's the she's half goddess like cause she's oh, uh, yeah. her dad is uh, Ares um, Ares the god of war yeah okay well they rewrote that origin in New 52 where um because originally it was just that Apollota made her out of clay, mm-hmm. and then they show that wasn't the case, and Apollota and Ares got down, and she's oh, the result. Getting busy, <laughs> um, but yeah, like that was my whole thing was like with Batman vs Superman. Like then when they did 
Suicide Squad. I think everybody shit all over it, but I'm like, this is what I wanted on it. It's like, like it's okay. at least it's darkness and fun, where, which is fine. That, that, that still differentiates it from the Marvel movies, but it's still fun. Mm. Like, because it's still definitely a darker, grittier universe, yeah, and, and that's think, fine. <laughs> I think the one thing Marvel does perfect, because say what you will about because it is kind of spoon-fed everything in all of the movies civil war was the first one that didn't do that civil war was like okay you've seen our movies now well that's the whole thing it's, well, the whole it's supposed to be about like basically like so anyone can watch them yeah. that's how you make kajillions of and dollars. now they're now yeah. they're slowly like it's been time well, exactly, it's continuity so. it's been but uh the whole point what i was what i was saying though is that what they've got perfect is the very very clever comic relief at random points, not even like you can't really predict it. I think like, that was Joss Whedon's influence, probably. And like, like Ant Man, uh, uh, the Mexican guy, he's yeah. absolutely hilarious. Like Paul Rudd, the most charming man in the world, is your lead star, and yet this guy is the one making you laugh. Like that was perfect. Even Doctor Strange has random, like Benedict Cumberbatch. Not ne- well, he's a funny guy, but in this movie, not necessarily a funny guy, and they still find ways for him to have little, like the cape yeah. when the cape's pulling yeah. on him. Like just goofy little things like that add to the movie experience so much because they change. They give you that flip of you're not just in that dark mindset the entire time or that laughing mindset the time. You get that little quick like, huh, oh, what? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Oh, that was what? What? <laughs> what is happening? I love that. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Although I don't like the Thor movies and I, I don't, don't really. I think you'll like three because Ta- Taika Waititi I think will make something that you will like. Well, who's the bad guy for three? Uh, I don't know. Oh, Grandmaster. Grandmaster. And Hulk's in it. Yeah. And it's gonna kind of be Planety Hulkish, right? Yeah, or like somewhat. I mean, I don't see the movie yet. Illusion. But, so, yeah, to I've it. heard there's basically Planet Hulk, strong Planet Hulk influence. Neat. Um, but yeah, that's the whole thing. Is like, I am okay with them differentiating each other. But yeah, that's, I'm okay with them differentiating each other. But like, the thing that Marvel has down is at this point is because it's like they know what people want, so they're giving it to them. Mm-hmm. And I do think, granted, yes, it would. I think like. After Infinity War, there needs to be like a huge change mm-hmm. because that the only way to shake it up is to not or not, not have it not get stale. To shake it up because there's already tons of talk of like superhero fatigue. Yeah, well, no, one just, thing that's funny is like that's the only thing I talked about like with uh, Batman vs Superman and uh, Suicide Squad. Especially, I was just like, I was like, I t- I think I told Kevin, I was just like, I put my finger on it of why people have shit so hard on those movies is because superhero fatigue is a thing, but people with Marvel has such built up goodwill. Mm-hmm. That it's like Pixar. You exactly. don't really get animated fatigue. You just keep watching these exactly. DreamWorks and Pixar and Sony Animation, whatever. That's what I'm saying. Like that's the whole thing. Is it like you? The fatigue is a thing, but because Marvel has built up goodwill, people are willing to forgive more. Mm-hmm. Whereas DC, they're just like they had their fucking claws out. They're just like, well, fuck this. I'm sick of these movies, so I'm going to be fucking like pissy about this one before I even see it. I'm like, well, that's not a good attitude to go into any movie with. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand. But yeah, I like, think you're talking about before, like. They finally got to the point, because, like, the whole thing, the thing that makes comics cool is continuity, and that's what, like, I think Joss Whedon figured out with Buffy, and then Kevin Feige is knows of why he's, like, doing the Marvel Cinematic Universe the same way, where it's, like, I mean, because I think it's also come from the TV Netflix as well. Marvel Cinematic? All like, of it. I thought Feige was in charge of... He's in charge of the films. Oh, okay, and then the guy we saw at Comic-Con was... Yeah, Jeff Loeb. Is Jeff Loeb, that's the... Okay, yep. But, yeah. But the whole thing is that basically, like... Continuity is kind of the reason that you. Well, that's how you get a rich, the richest possible experience. Is like, could you watch Civil War without seeing the last eight years of Marvel movies? Yes. Mm-hmm. Will it be the same experience? No. And that's 
something you've earned by watching these for it's eight kind of, years. It's kind of like the super simple Ant-Man showing up. Yeah. It's like his movie alone didn't really talk about the MCU at all. Yeah. It was very on its standalone movie. Yeah. And people are like, oh, we're going to get this kind of loser. What's I can't remember the line, but they call him basically yeah. a deadbeat. And then you open up and Paul Rudd there and you're like, oh, Ant-Man was funny. Yeah, this will be good. Indeed. And it was great. And they do that a lot in Civil War where it's randomly. Although I'm honestly not that excited for Homecoming. I was before seeing the trailer. And now the trailer made me look at it and I went, oh, they're just... They just took... Walton never did the trailer. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know, because it could be anything. But I just was like... Like when he's holding the boat? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. It's just like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Or when the, the styling of it, like the what the way that the effects are done and what it looks like, looks like Amazing Spider-Man to me. I was like, you just made more Spider-Man. Like, I don't feel it's different. I do think it will be, though. Well, also the thing is, also that's not like in the first trailer. The first trailer is, with these movies is always... Every time, with every Marvel movie, it's always the crap of the trailer, mm-hmm. because none of the effects are done yet. Mm-hmm. So basically you have, like, kind of the most basic... Scenes that they... Like, basically the stuff that they can show you. Yeah. And then usually the second trailer is the one that we, they kind of just show you way more, yeah. because that's more effects are done. Um, it just reminded me of the Amazing Spider-Man trailer a lot, mm-hmm. because of... I think this will be totally different, though. Cause I mean, it probably like, will be. And I'm, I mean, the, the, the main I'm thing... watch that, it. The main thing that makes me really excited for it is that the fact that, like, uh, both the director and Feige... Had repeatedly said like the base of their plan was to do John Hughes with superheroes, and I was like John I'm, Hughes, uh, Breakfast Club. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, um, I was like, that's I'm down. And the thing that's funny is like I haven't talked about. I don't think that's. About, oh no, I haven't talked about this on any podcast. I just texted Kevin uh, Cardinal one night because I discovered it. Because um, originally when we saw the trailer, um, I was like, oh, so I guess Zendaya isn't playing MJ. She's playing Liz Allen, mm-hmm. and my friend. Uh, Steve Williams, uh, who was me up in New York, um, he had posted about like um, how Zendaya was like gonna be MJ and have like a big like. I was like, no, dude, uh, that's she's Liz Allen. We already watched the trailer. He's like, that's not Zendaya, and like he pulled the M, uh, M- or the IMDb thing mm-hmm. of that girl, and I was just like, he's like, yeah, Zendaya is the girl that's like the tomboy sitting under the table. I'm like, no, it's not. And I watched it again. I'm like. <laughs> Holy fuck! Like, because if you ugly her up, like yeah. you t- basically take away all that movie star or that movie star like looks that she had, like, like whatever, basically make her into a tomboy. Mm-hmm. It's like I looked at him like, holy shit! Because he was like, he's like, yeah, they're building it up for a moment of like basically probably gonna do like the homecoming dance at the end and have her be all dolled up and be full Zendaya mm-hmm. and be like face a tiger, you hit the jackpot. Like they'll have that moment, and I was like, you know what? God bless you. I didn't notice any of that, and now I'm really she's excited. Got, she's got a superhero name. <laughs> yeah, no. They should just let her keep her name and turn her into like Wonder Woman. Well, her being MJ makes me happy because like um, MJ was always my favorite, and we haven't gotten a true version of MJ yet. You didn't like Kirsten Dunst? No, no, I like her, oh. but the whole thing with uh, her was they didn't do MJ. They kind of split the difference between MJ and Gwen Stacy. Okay. Um, and then the Amazing Spider-Man movies were really true to Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really hoping we get like a much truer version of MJ in this because that was like my whole thing. So basically, they were like. Sam Raimi clearly wanted to use MJ, but he clearly wanted to like kind of make it feel like Gwen as much as possible. Because mm-hmm. that's the whole thing is like the reason MJ is interesting is because she's not like sweet and nice and whatever. Like she's, she's kind of a badass. Yeah, exactly. And that was the whole thing is like I don't think Sam Raimi or the studio had the balls to really like push her that far. Yeah. Well, I mean, because they were. I mean, you have Tobey Maguire as well. Oh, no, but I'm just saying it was like, like so sweet. Like the, oh, everything about them was just no, like, and that's fine. But I'm just saying they should have made her fucking Gwen. Like I don't really yeah. understand what the point was. Okay. Mary Jane, I didn't even know who Gwen Stacy was because yeah. I didn't read any comics at that time. I still haven't read much Spider Man, but 
I knew who Mary Jane was just from growing up in like the merch and the show yeah. and all that. It was all all Mary Jane, so it was just easier to sell her. I bet. Well, I'm sure, but yeah, that's like my only thing with it. It's like, but that's like that's the reason I'm super excited for uh, Homecoming is just because, like, a like I know what they're gonna do now because like, and if they don't, I'm really upset. Mm-hmm. But also just the fact that they're doing John Hughes superheroes. I grew up on John Hughes. And I love John Hughes. Yeah. So like, I'm down with that. Plus the fact you get more Tony and Peter, which is probably the best part of that's going to be really cool. Like my fa- hands down favorite scene in the trailer is when Iron Man's <laughs> flying and he's swinging yeah, beside too, him. Yeah. Well, that and the hug scene. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's, they're having a conversation. You reach <laughs> Not over. Not a hug. Just open the door for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. But that looks alright. I'm definitely way more excited for Guardians of the Galaxy too, just because the trailer looks adorable. As oh, which no. the first movie was fun and cute and yet also kind of badass. Yeah. And the color scheme and the well, space adventure. I think I was the only one that saw that group. coming. Oh, so good. Because that was like, because um, I had the same kind of thing that like uh, Josh Whedon had, where I guess like um, when they when Feige came with them. Because at the time, basically between um, first Avenger mm-hmm. and Avengers two, Josh Whedon was basically like kind of, if not, kind of he was essentially like if Feige is the one that's running this shit, like, um, basically. Joss Whedon basically directing where it's going to go, mm-hmm. and um, and what works and what doesn't, and that's the whole thing. Is I guess uh, Joss was like when Feige wrote the idea of Guardians of the Galaxy, he's just like, I mean, I liked Rocket Raccoon when I was a kid, but being for a wide audience, I don't know. And they're like, well, we're thinking of James Gunn. He's like, oh, then you're fine. <laughs> like, and that was like, the thing. Is like, I love Slither. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. James Gunn's first movie, and so that's like, as soon as they Isn't said that, that, that he horror was, movie with like Jenna Fisher. Is yes, in it and she, she very briefly. Yeah, it, yeah. Yes. But I just remember her because I'm obsessed with The Office. Yes, um, well, she was married to him at the time. Oh, um, but yeah, like I love that movie. And um, when they like said he was doing Guardians, I'm like, okay, because like, I read the um, TNA run. Like I read, early not I didn't read the whole run. I had read like the first couple arcs, mm-hmm. and I was like, I, mean, I thought it was okay. But then like when they said James Gunn was doing, I'm like, fuck yes, I was like, this would be amazing. And then when like it turned out to be amazing, I was like, told you, like yeah. it just like it was. I I'm excited. I hope. That they show us Groot, baby Groot, growing up. Because, like, in the first movie, he goes from a stick of wood to that dancing Groot. And they, they obviously don't give you a timeline. But in all the trailers, he's pint-sized Groot. And it's yeah. adorable and amazing, but I kind of want to see him... Well, I guess that was actually... Like, continue to get a little bit bigger and bigger. No, and I guess that was all the game's gone. I guess, um... Like, basically, I guess it was assumed by, the, like, by Feige and everything that was going to mm-hmm. be regular Groot back for the sequel. Mm-hmm. And he was like, actually, I kind of want to do this... Mm-hmm. I mean, like, well, fuck it, we can merchandise the shit of it. So, yeah, do what you want to do. People love exactly. it. I, I actually, The Verge put up an entire article about why uh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy isn't using Baby Groot to be cute. Yeah. And oh, it no, was it's like, not. And it was like, this is going to be a legit character who's amazing and f- helps fight. Like, when he's screaming and he whips the guy's yeah. legs out and he's still only, like, six <laughs> inches tall. Like, they, they played that up a lot. Well, my favorite part of Guardians that. is when um, he, like grabs them all down the hall and just starts slamming them in, yeah, like, side in the to walls side. and just turns around like the most adorable smile like <laughs> I did it I did it guys <laughs> that's what's perfect about Groot he's he's a puppy dog yeah he's exactly not, he's not really he just wants to help well I think my favorite part of the uh, Super Bowl commercial like the commercial one of the two pieces of new footage when Yondu's like what the hell did he just say he said welcome to the guardians of the frickin galaxy <laughs> Except for he didn't say frickin'. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna be good. Indeed. They're probably gonna play... So I, The one spot that really threw me off in the first movie was the dance thing at the mm-hmm. very end where Chris Pat... I think they're gonna play up that aspect of well, yeah, I mean, Star-Lord so much more. Because it worked. So yeah. like people thought it was funny and obviously it's like one of the best opening scenes to a superhero movie ever where he's dancing but yeah. also 
hunting for Well, stuff that was the whole thing. Is I guess originally... I mean, I do think Chris Pratt is actually... He, he wasn't... He was definitely underrated before he went in the movie. But I thought it was still, like, funny to this day. Like, um, I guess James Gunn didn't want to even have a audition for him. He wanted no part of it. And then I guess when he auditioned, I guess within, like, 15 seconds, he knew he was the guy. He's, like, done. And he was just, like... He's, like, it's like okay, so we want you to be Star-Lord. Can you be less fat? And he's, like, yes, I can! <laughs> but James Gunn's, like, I would have CGI'd six-pack on if I had to. Yeah, <laughs> there was a, um... Uh, Chris Pratt did an interview talking about that, and he that's his favorite part of acting is becoming the different characters. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, to for uh, Parks and Rec. So whenever you're doing food scenes in movies, they have a spit bucket, and he refused. And his whole reasoning was a not to waste, and b was his character was a fat tub of lard who did nothing anyway, so it just worked for his character. So there's one where Amy Poehler's talking and she's like you know those you know scenes where he's eating a hamburger he went through about eight or nine hamburgers in that that day just trying to get that scene like he's, he's great he, he'll do anything yeah, no, no, and no. I haven't seen Jurassic World but I'm sure I actually love Jurassic World yeah everyone likes it that was the only one of like the nostalgia movies that have worked primarily because like that knew how to do it right also they should have given the dinosaurs feathers if they wanted to be scientifically accurate well that's the thing like this one they kind of basically find their breakdown that like they're not doing kind of like that's the whole thing. Yeah. So basically, it's like you're not creating science; you're creating theme park attractions. Yeah. So you want the dinosaurs to look like what, we, what people think yeah. that they look like. Because there was a a, a tail. The dinosaurs actually had feathers in Jurassic Park three because I kept trying to like upgrade oh, them, yeah. and I'm just like, just fucking stop. And then I think Carlo Navarro had the same thing where he's just like, we're doing like the the whole thing that makes Jurassic Park awesome is like. These character designs of like actual like whatever it's like this is because we've discovered new things that then also that basically negates what we've done before. So like just keep with the through someone, line. Of continuity. Someone should make a new dinosaur movie, not called Jurassic Park. Obviously, not based around a music park where they scientifically, well, as far as we know currently, scientifically accurately bring back dinosaurs and do them in some fun way. Because there was a, a tail of a dinosaur that was found in a piece of amber and it had all the feathers on it, and they're trying to use that to to more accurately depict because. Birds came from yeah. most of the dinosaurs, so it would be very cool to see that. See, like a raptor. Well, aren't I read something like Velociraptors aren't at all what we think they are. Like the actual dinosaurs. There's no way to know though. That's the whole thing. Well, it's, like, what, it's all theory. Well, yes, but of what we found from like uh, fossils and stuff like that, like it's not this 15 foot tall. It's like this chicken sized well, thing. And well, that's I mean, that's just oh, well, the piece in the movies. But yeah, they're like the, six feet tall in the comp- yeah in the movie. yeah whatever but they're very long and they're yeah. apparently no they're like little lizards they're little chicken sized monsters running around eating squirrels and, well okay not squirrels but I want to see an like as close to accurate as well, we can know currently like, is it like when funny. they did the first half of the park it was as far as they knew at the time scientific yeah, accurate. at the time that's the problem is every time they would fucking do this like in Something a couple years exactly so that, and it's all theory anyway because there's no way to fucking know without time travel so it's just like and as we know about time travel it, uh, it can't happen well, yeah, exactly. again, that's a theory that's as well. That's a theory as well, yes. Backwards time travel. We could go forward yes. so far. Like, if you watch, you watch Futurama. Yeah. The episode where he's in the time pod and he just keeps going forward and forward mm-hmm. and forward and eventually he loops all the way around to the reverse Big Bang leading back to the Big Bang and leading back to everything going back to normal. Which I like that theory a lot, that time is cyclical, because yeah. that would explain deja vu. Deja vu. Because you're like, oh, I've done this before. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done this yeah. before, but it's happened in time before. But just another theory. Um, I want to. We're gonna skip the games today, um, because I want to talk about something else. Okay. About actors, okay. I want to know other people who are like this. Uh, so normally we would do who's who and who would win the fight, but we're just gonna we're just gonna roll on through that. We've already been talking for an hour, and we got to get ready for the day. So I read this cool thing about um, Bill Murray, who 
and I bet there's a ton of actors that do this now, but maybe not on the same scale as him with the same amount of success. He doesn't have an agent. Yeah, he's an agent manager. And hasn't so. had one for yeah. like 20 years now, or maybe more, even slightly more. He never than had that. one. Yeah. Oh, he's never had one. Well, up to this point, so the, the there was a handful of really big uh, examples of it. Like um, Kingpin was the first one they referenced, where Bill Murray. Everyone has his like personal home phone, and you call it, and you call it, and you call it. If he answers, cool. If he doesn't, eh, not as cool. So these movie theaters will, or, or uh, uh, movies and production units and whatnot will send stuff to his house and call his phone over and over again. If he answers and says, yeah, I'll do it, there's no guarantee because he won't sign anything. So Kingpin, they actually had someone else on set to start the movie, and day of shooting, he showed up on set ready to start filming and whatnot. Yeah. Didn't have a script, didn't have any paperwork, didn't it? He just... I'm Bill Murray. Deal with it. <laughs> he also did it for um, uh, what was the most recent Wes Craven movie? The Moonrise or whatever? Not Moonrise. Other one. I mean, the most recent one was My Soul to Take. No, um, not okay. Not most recent. Like cursed? I mean, he's not in that. No, um, it's most recent to me because it's not. I don't know his movies. I don't know. Sh- I want to know the name. I can just tell you a thing, and you'll give me it immediately. It came out like ten years ago. It was. Zisu. Oh, uh, Wes Aquatic. That was Life not Aquatic. Wes Craven. That was Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. That's what I meant. You gotta know these things. <laughs> well, that's a pretty distinct difference. The guy who directed Scream versus the guy who directed Rushmore. Like, Wes Craven, you go with through Scream? Or Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, why don't we say Nightmare on Elm Street? I know Scream's a decent movie for fools, but... I watched Scream, like, I think the summer it came out, I watched it like 20 times. Because you're a fool. Yeah. And uh, that was another movie where Bill Murray just showed up he's like i'm ready guys and they're like we what are you talking about bill and he's like oh you called me like a year ago and i'm ready to start filming i don't is there any other high profile celebrities that do that not really it's it's bill murray on the league in a league of his own pretty much Ugh. there was another one i read um about I, i can't remember the actor it'll take me forever who doesn't read scripts he he will read his his day like he'll show up read that days and then do it and then go. Well, back. that was like Marlon Brando used to do that back in the day. That's who it was, yeah. Marlon Brando. His, his well, mem- he didn't even read the scripts. Usually, he would just make shit up yeah. based on like whatever. But like, his memory was so like impeccable even... when he want when he wanted to do the lines, he would just read that days and go out and do what he wanted to do, and it was accurate. Or well, that's why I think it was funny. It was like uh, the whole story of the book Brando, like where he would always like have cue cards everywhere. Like his his reasoning, I guess, was because. Uh, like, it would be like the, the thoughts just came to him, so it'd be more realistic. I'm like, motherfucker, just be honest and say it's because you're, you're too lazy to learn the lines. Because there was a time when you just fucking learned lines. And then you got famous and you stopped learning lines. So let's just Which, fucking, let's not pretend. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, and there was one, I, well, I was just curious. Like, when he showed up for the Apocalypse Now, there's a rumor basically where just like, basically he showed up like, because he wasn't supposed to be that fat. I was like, he was like 60 pounds overweight. Um... Basically, the way it was shot and everything, all of it was basically him and basically Francis Ford Coppola basically having to like hide the chub. Well, basically had to like well, no, basically had to like basically argue everything. Basically, they had to like take I guess days off just to talk him into do things. Yeah. I'm just like, God damn, why would anyone hire Marlon Brando? There's uh, he's like one because I it was he was on the watch mode of the list of uh, top actors that are difficult to work with. Yeah, and he he was very high. Also. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis was really high. Well, that's, because... it's not that he's a bad person. It's just that he is so hell bent on like becoming his characters yeah, that he becomes that... an asshole. And well, he'll almost kill himself too. Yeah. Like um, that was the whole thing with uh, um, Gangs in New York. Like he would only he would only wear like the kind of coat you would have at that time, mm-hmm. which is very thin. And it, he almost 
died because he got so like I sick doing it. And they were like, "You need to have a real coach." Like <laughs> it's just it was, like it was like Leo for um uh, the Revenant. He actually slept inside of a uh, horse mm-hmm. and he ate raw meat and he only wore what they wore out in yeah. the freaking like I don't remember where they shot it like but something is funny it's just like when um like the whole story which isn't 100% true from my understand but like uh where I guess uh when uh Dustin Hoffman was shooting Marathon Man mm-hmm. and he didn't sleep for like days before they did things the three days it was three days yeah, yeah. and then Laurence Olivier is like my dear boy why don't you try acting that's the whole thing. It's like even guys I've now heard like basically it was he didn't sleep because he was going through a divorce. So it's like he it was, was a he little was bit a of everything. Time. But, uh, but that was the whole thing. Is like I always think it's funny when people are like, it's like oh yeah, like it's like when they got De Niro where he like when he did Untouchables, and um, like would only wear the same kind of like underwear that uh, Capone wore. I had to have like his suits tailored. I'm just like, oh, for Christ's sake, dude! Like, it's like just be like the fucking character. Like, you're probably not playing the real code anyway. Like, <laughs> nobody knows what the fuck Capone is like. I mean, because there's no like he murdered everyone he knew. <laughs> well, that's so. That list it had the top, the greatest uh, character actors as well, which was or um, not character actors. What am I? What did we just? Uh, where are you? Method actors. Yeah. Christian Bale was on there. Because he's batshit insane as well. Well, that was like the whole thing. Is like I've told people the story. Like where, um, right before he shot Batman, he shot the Machinist, which I showed pictures of people, shown pictures to people of him the Machinist, and they're honestly astonished. It's disgusting. He, yeah, he's literally basically a skeleton man. I, I, and then immediately after that, he gained like a ridiculous amount of weight to basically get for Batman. Well, at first, he was trying to be like he actually got fat for Batman because basically, um, uh, Chris Nolan just wanted him to be like as big as possible, so he just got like. But he basically became like a bear in his words. Yeah. And then everybody, I guess everybody on the set was just like, were you doing Batman or Fat Man, Chris? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I should probably cut this up, I guess. And then like, so then he became like Yeah, he, he was, so for the machinist, he his uh, diet at he the- He ate like a can of tuna a day and it an was, apple. <laughs> it was either a can of tuna or an apple. Yeah. It was, he alternated each day. And then for the last, for the end of shooting when he was, I mean, that got him to where he was. He would only drink one cup of coffee a day, and if it wasn't that, it was water. Yeah. A cup of coffee, and that's all you got. Yeah. Like, he got, I've seen the pictures where he does that weird, like, where he's pushing his yeah. ribs out. He, I don't even know how he was still alive. And then, yes, for Batman, he got 20 pounds overweight for what they shot for, and most yeah. of it was just absurd mass. Yeah. And they had to retailer the suit, because he trimmed back down and still didn't get to where they wanted, which it turned out perfect. If yeah. you watch Batman Begins, he's, like, almost... I you know what a picture Batman looking like? I, think I, I don't was, know. I think Ben Affleck got into crazy shape. Well, but that's what I'm saying, though, is like, cool. if you have to spend so much time a day, like, working out, yeah. like, where are you, like, fighting criminals? <laughs> so, the education did a funny thing about that of all the time. Like, they said it would take one, or, no, 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 sorry. For, martial, for just the martial arts skill that Batman is, it would take 10 to 12 years. Mm. Which is about, in Batman, yeah. they give him, he leaves young and comes back and is like, well, they don't really tell you his exact age, but yeah, 10 to 12 years is fear, maybe less, because he's Batman, he's better than you. Uh, and for working out, it would take three to five years of just working out to get to get to his shape, and then you would have to work out three to four hours every single day to yeah. maintain it. Yeah. So that why that's why the Christian Bale and Batman Begins makes sense. It's like, yeah. if you worked out that aggressively all the time, yeah, you'd be a goddamn animal. And, that's, you know, and he kind of he trimmed down for the sequels, and I was yeah. like, to me, the first one was the truest because like that was the thing is like I um, like one of my favorite pictures ever um, is the one that Alex Ross did 
where it was the first time anyone had actually kind of done it because, I mean, uh, people have drawn Batman with a shirt off, like fucking Neil Adams just made a career, like Harry Shirtless Batman. Love it. But, um, but like they had never, like it was Alex Ross, this, this one painting he did, where it's like all the scars in his back and everything. Because mm. that's the whole thing is like, I mean, in the end he's going to be scarred up. And that was like the way they the, described him in the script, the original script for Tim Burton's Batman. Um, was basically muscles on top of muscles and scarred mm-hmm. from nightly combat. And as I always pictured him as like bulky, but like not like necessarily cut up. And I mean, not to say like Affleck's version wasn't great, but like it was just like Christian Bale. That's I would say a million times. Like if you listen to like the episode we did, like basically for our 50th episode, we basically finally just kind of let ourselves free on Batman mm-hmm. and Punksters. And um, did our favorite versions, and I basically went off pretty hard on how much I love the Nolan versus Batman. But like to me, that's pretty much how I picture Batman is basically kind of being a bit bulky, but like still in really good shape. I want to see in a movie one day the End Games panel where the Joker stabs two knives yeah, in his yeah. shoulders and then, and then dro- them, yeah, and yeah. then cuts the smile face. Yeah. I want to see that. I would love to see Jared Leto do it, but his Joker doesn't seem like that kind of Joker, so maybe maybe I'll have to wait. Well, I feel like he would definitely be that kind of Joker. I feel like the Jared Leto Joker is probably the closest to I the, know, but uh, I don't feel like they're going to show him fighting a lot. No, fair enough. I feel like he'll always be that that Joker that plans everything and then escapes at the end. Like I, I don't feel like he's going to be well, the... Fair which Joker they don't... But in fairness, Joker in general, it's always it's kind of It's never like, been, yeah, yeah. fist to cuffs. Yeah, it's not, it's not really like it, because it's not really a fair fight. But they made they made Jared Leto get in crazy shape for the Joker, so yeah. maybe... Well, I don't think they made him. I think he just did that of his own uh, Okay, you could say that about the entire character, yeah. but um, I want to see that as well. That would be so crazy. But I was curious, because Ben Affleck obviously went nuts, balls to the wall working out for Batman, and then I saw the trailer, I haven't seen it yet, for The Accountant, mm. and he's just like a fat sack of trash. What, did they shoot that before or after Batman? Probably after. But he, I mean, if you just... There's like the whole thing that... Um, um, Chris Evans, for uh, Captain America, he's just like... As soon as I was done shooting the movie, I basically just dove into a bowl of lazy for several months. Because it's just like... I mean, you can just basically just kind of lose it. And I mean, if you want... I mean, Christ. Sylvester Sloan was in insane shape for years. Mm-hmm. And he did Copland. And he just purposely made himself into a slob. Like, yeah. Or basically, he just like he would just go to a local pancake house and just eat stacks and stacks of pancakes. Sounds wonderful to make himself into that. So I mean, you can definitely do it. That's just crazy. And then to go because getting yeah, going from muscles to nothing is easy. Going from nothing back to muscles every because that's the modern superhero trend. I mean, Chris Evans obviously all the Batman's the only the only modern even Paul Rudd got into good shape. Yeah, they oh, show yeah, him without yeah. shirt. Uh, uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy, like we were saying, Chris Pratt, yeah. he got into crazy. The only one they don't show with a six pack ever is Tony Stark. Now. No, they say do. I mean, he's never like usually shirtless, but usually he's they show like him with tiny, the tank top. Yeah, yeah. And even then, they don't do that anymore because he's in his fifties now. Like at the first Iron Man, I'm they sure he's him. still in really good shape. Oh well, yeah, I mean they're rich and famous; they can do whatever they want. I'm sure he works <laughs> well, out uh, every now and again. Yeah, well, I know he needs. He, I know he does like Wing Chun as part of like his like stay. Yeah, stay sober. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he. Uh, but the only, like, because back then, did they ever show, was Michael Keaton ever ripped up? No, that was the whole thing. It's like, that was the thing that drove me nuts about, because um, I think, when I, okay, when I watched him as a kid, it was amazing. Because mm-hmm. um, at the time, like, that was, like, the only other Batman I'd ever seen was Adam West, and, like, fuck. It's Adam West, yeah. yeah. So, like, when I first saw uh, Michael Keaton, it was like, yeah, rock on. And then I watched him as an adult, and, like, that's not right. And, like, I mean, that's why that's why they did the whole muscle suit thing. Yes, they because did. Because uh... to basically give the impression but I was just like, that's not right, though. Because, like, that's the whole thing. is like, 
in order to do it, you have to be like ripped up. Yeah, like it's like you have to be flexing out your shirt. You have to be like, well, I mean, that's all part of the being scary and imposing as Batman. I'm almost surprised they don't show Bruce Banner with a six pack at this point. I mean. Ruffles doesn't have to do what he doesn't want to do. Ruffles is amazing. But I feel like at one point they'll show him without a shirt. Well, I feel like he'll be if, ripped. I think that defeats the purpose, though, because like, the whole thing is like basically Bruce Banner is schlubby and then the Hulk is. I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying <laughs> that everyone has to be super ripped up in modern superheroes, which makes sense. They're the peak. But if you got a suit, I don't see what you are. Like Barry Allen, I hope that that kid doesn't go too hard because he's just naturally skinny. And well, like, I think that's what they're, they're playing with. Because the whole thing is that's a way that. Um, I'd always thought it was like weird, like when I was thinking about it, like um, when they draw uh, Flash as being like really like ripped up, like in Flashpoint where he's a, a not even Flashpoint. Like and there was a lot of years where they was actually like, like ripped up Flash mm. and I like like bulky. I'm like, but that's not the whole thing because they even established in the comics that basically his metabolism is insane because basically in order to like he basically has to keep eating or else Non-stop. he's gonna. They, yeah. they touch on it in the show a bunch too. Yeah, so he would have to be really skinny because basically he's barely. Like he's, yeah. he's basically barely keeping it together. If he worked out once, his body would create the muscles so fast and burn yeah. through all his energy, he'd be done. Exactly. So yeah. So like that's the thing. Is like the whole thing doing doing Flash skinny, I think is a good play. Grant Gustafson's amazing. What's this kid's name that's doing the movie? Uh, fuck, I just forget. Uh, in Perks of a Wallflower. Uh, Ezra Miller. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was gonna. Yep. I was gonna say Miller, but you you nailed it. <laughs> that's gonna be awesome, but. Alright. You should do at least like one who's who and one who in a fight just to keep the tradition going. Okay. We'll roll it. A little off schedule, but I'm always happy to do it. So, uh, man, we talked about everything. I can do whatever I want. So we'll start with who's who, the way it usually goes. Um, oof. I know who you're going to say you are, but let's stick on the action trend and just ask who's who, Murtog and Riggs. I'm clearly Riggs. <laughs> oh, really? I thought you were saying you were Murtaugh. I'm clearly Riggs. Well, I love that. Because, so, obviously, if you don't know the Lethal Weapon movies, I haven't even seen them, and I know enough about them to talk about them, because everybody's seen Lethal Weapon. But Murtaugh, that was like, was that, how old was Mel Gibson when he made that movie? Uh, I, well, the thing is, like, it wasn't immediately after Mad Max, was it? No, and that's the thing, the thing I think is funny is like they actually, I've watched... Recently, actually, I think it was the first time I watched it. Like, they actually over, they made he was too young to be playing. They actually both him and uh, Danny Glover were too young to be playing the parts they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like, because I, I came up with Vietnam, and I'm like, I don't think that they're old enough to be in Vietnam. Like, Danny Glover was just barely, yeah, and uh, Mel Gibson was not really. Um, and, but that was Shane Black's thing. But yeah, like, uh, he definitely was like in his probably like early thirties. When he was in, when he was doing like rigs the first time, Donald Glover, no, Danny no. Glover, no, 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 oh. uh, Mel Gibson. Oh. Danny Glover was probably in his like forties, but he was playing a guy who was like fifty. Yes, and that was the whole thing. Is it was just like neither of them were of the age that they were actually playing. Well, wait, I think I have their names backward. Are you Danny Glover or are you Mel Gibson? You're not Mel Gibson. Riggs is the I crazy take that one. Back. Okay, I'm, I'm not the... denying the crazy, but you are definitely more of the. Uh, it's not worth my time, kind of guy. <laughs> yes, but I'm also the crazy one. No, no, but not. The rigs. But, but one outweighs the other on a scale. You're 51. Uh, it's not worth my time. And 49. percent Let's give this a shot. I feel I'm like 80. 20 is not 80. All right, let's fine. give this a rigs. It makes sense. Yes, fine. Because when you said it, I was like, cool. I get to be. And then I was like, wait a minute. I thought I just heard this backwards. I guess I don't know enough about him to talk. About. I just know. And I got the hair. Mm. I got the hair. I don't hate Jews as much as him maybe he doesn't hate Jews he just isn't 
jackass, but... I'm not as much of a jackass as he is, maybe, <laughs> towards the Jews, but I'll take that one. That was that was an easy one. Uh, and then a quick, who would win in a fight? Actually, I'm going to make this different, than a st- because I heard this and I've been wanting to talk about it on either of the podcasts for a while. It has to be one of the core villains of the Batman rogues gallery, but which villain would you rather if you were Batman and if it's your city would you rather go up against and run your against your town so which villain terrorizes your town on the regs and it has to be one of the cores you can't pick like one of the like Johnny Frost driving around Joker and stuff like that that was Johnny Frost that was in the Joker comic oh fair enough so it can't be some little henchman guy it's I mean, I guess be... probably like the ventriloquist, because ventriloquist kind of sucks. No, that's what I'm saying. It has to be one of... So, so here, yeah, I'll, give, I'll give you a list. It has to be either Joker, Two-Face, Riddler, Bane, Poison Ivy, Dr. Freeze, Clayface, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze, Freeze more accurate. Yeah. Technically, because he has a postgraduate degree. Clayface. Um, How does Clayface count, but fucking ventriloquist doesn't count? Because Clayface can turn into anything and yes, catch your face still, up. Like if we're going on like he's down core. he's downplayed on far as far as his powers go. I love Clayface, don't get me yeah. wrong, I'm just saying. Uh, like. uh is Red Hood a bad yeah, Red Hood. Uh Hush, he counts, sure. Hush counts. And Penguin, definitely. Catwoman doesn't count because she's a little bit of here and there. She don't count. Raza Ghoul or Rachel Ghoul. Uh that's good enough. That's the end of the list. No more than that. <laughs> um, I mean, definitely not Poison Ivy, because holy shit. Poison Ivy would like be... in a weekend, would this fucking take the place over and kill everybody. Uh, um, but you're Batman. You can handle anything. Definitely not Joker, because Jesus... Nobody wants the Joker. No. <laughs> I think if you're you're a damn fool... If you, I think there's like three options that is like you would never pick, because that's just not fair. Mm-hmm. Which, well, let me let you pick before I tell you. What I would say. I mean, Clayface is dumb. I mean, yeah, he has the power set, but he's also dumb. So that's actually a factor that would make me want to have him. As... So in that in that scenario, so people like Clayface, people like Poison Ivy, people kind of like Bane. You know, do you fight against that person with their power and their skill set, or do you fight the Penguin, Two Face, Joker with their schemes and their plans? And like, I, mean, like, I mean, that's the thing is like. Because Penguin, if like the way I would always do it is I would say like they did the character basically doing like the anti Bruce Wayne, where like Bruce Wayne publicly is this like kind of ridiculous rich guy, mm-hmm. but privately is Batman. And I would just kind of do the opposite with Penguin, basically like publicly he's like this like philanthropic rich guy, and privately is the exact opposite where he's the Penguin, he's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So I definitely wouldn't because because you can make Penguin very sympathetic. Mm-hmm. So I definitely wouldn't. Make you wouldn't make him look like a Penguin like Danny DeVito and. Well, even then, I mean, if you but like they, if you like look at Batman Returns, they basically make him really sympathetic and nice yeah. publicly. Yeah. For like the first like basically until like halfway to three quarters way through the movie, and he jacks up Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then. But so so that's when Penguin owns everything. He yeah. you know you're fighting endless thugs on the regs. <laughs> Can I have black mask? Um, no. I mean, I guess... You go up against, like... I guess Riddler. Riddler? That's what Andy McElfresh said, and they picked on him a lot, but... The we Rid- have guys I would want to go against, because, I mean, like, that's the best balance. Okay. it's, like, just me having to figure out his bullshit, <laughs> and, like, I can do that. Whereas, like, it's yes, it's gonna be time-consuming, but, like, it's least, like, it's all my brain, instead of having yeah. to, like, take on Bane and get fucking well, so, broken. So, or, if like, so if you're taking the Riddler, my... 
I wouldn't. I feel like the Riddler's too. I want. I would want a villain that's less murderous and more control based. Wait, he's yeah, he's not murderer Riddler. Mur- the Riddler murders. The m- he does, but he's not that much. He's not murderous per se. But he murders him down. So I feel like there's a couple easily off limits. Poison Ivy, no way would I ever touch. No. Bane, hell no. no. The Joker, hell no. no. Um, t- for me, Clayface is a hell no because I don't want to go up against all that that body can do. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about and. I could write a really nice thing. Clayface can never take over the city. He's such a fucking idiot. Yeah, so that's true, that. but you have to fight him. So, yeah. it's so again, I would rather have someone trying to take over the city that I have to John Wick style my way through a bunch of thugs to get to. So I would probably take, even though he's just as murderous as they'll ever be, I'd probably take Two-Face. I'd probably take him on because he seems... He's he's un, he's like the Joker and he's unpredictable in his own way. He'll kill his own henchman if stuff goes bad. So all I have to do is disrupt it, and then it all starts going crazy, right? At least I mean, in theory. Fair enough. I mean, and also you can always do like there's a story Greg Rucka did uh, once upon a time. I think during No Man's Land, where basically like because um, he was like basically like theoretically there there would be a time presumably where he would keep flipping the coin and keep getting heads. So like. You could have a, like a long period, theoretically, where Two Face would just be doing good things. True. Or like so. I mean, so technically, I mean, Two Face, if he was only getting it, find a way to replace his coin. <laughs> be like, well, do it the yeah. Batman Beyond style or Batman Forever style. Yeah, where you throw where you just yeah throw coins at him every time he goes to flip it. <laughs> Get one of those uh, arcade style <laughs> and toss him at him. I still hate Tommy Lee Jones Two Face because like that's not Two Face. Not even just it's over the top, but yeah. also the point where he keeps flipping the coin to get the result he wants. I'm yeah. Like, that is the opposite. That is antithetical to that character. Yeah. Like, the whole point he of that character to is it. that he li- well, he's living two minds yeah. stuck in one body. So basically, like, whoever, when you flip the coin, that side wins. Did That's... you like the Nolan versus Two-Face? Yes. He was pretty... He, he, he was legit to the coin. They only show yeah. him flip it a handful of yeah. times, but... I wanted to see more of him. It was kind of a bummer that he died, but it made sense for what they were yeah. doing. Yeah. Like it, it worked into the story absolutely perfectly. Yeah. No, I'd take Two Face. I think the more yeah. I think about because I don't want to fight someone who's as good as me in Red Hood and Hush. Like their skills. Well, are... I wouldn't count Red because Red Hood. They basically like. I mean, they basically that, that face turn happened pretty soon after and true. stuck around. So. Yeah, true, true. Uh, <laughs> he was a villain for like a minute, and then all of a sudden was like a hero for years. So. True. I wouldn't want to deal with Doctor Freeze or Mister Freeze because technically Doctor Freeze is more accurate, but yeah, it's just. I don't want to deal with him. He just seems mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of work. I mean, he at least is logical. True. But yeah, but and like, no, he, but no, he'll freeze him. He just and wants to save everybody. his wife. That's all he wants. Well, I think, that's why I think it's actually interesting. Scott Snyder basically turned him back into being a villain. Mm-hmm. If you read, like, the uh, annual, I think it was the first annual from his run, um, it was basically like, I don't want to give it away. Uh, basically, they, like, changed a lot of things. Because that was the whole thing. I feel like they, they, they the whole thing that Paul Dini did. Um, with Heart of Ice, mm-hmm. they turned Mr. Freeze into like one of the best characters in the canon, but at the same time, they really painted themselves in a the corner because once you've made him essentially just a good guy in a shitty yeah. situation, there's only so much you can do with him yeah. at that point. Whereas, like, the way Scott Snyder, uh, like, basically rebooted the character with New 52, um, where they didn't actually change, he didn't actually change anything, he just kind of basically retconned things. And, um, it basically turned him back into being a villain for the first time mm-hmm. in a really long time. So I was really stoked on that. Like, I still think that's really good. I'll read that. Scott Snyder's so far been my favorite Batman, anything I've read. I've read a handful of stuff. I really liked Batman, um... Colt something. Uh, it's the one where he fights the 
cult leader who drugs his people into making them think he's a god. It's like a three graphic novel set, little collection. Batman loses in the end, kind of. Uh, what is it called? <laughs> I think it was just called Batman Occult or something like that. It could be, I don't know. Oh, it's really good though. If you haven't read it, I definitely recommend mm-hmm. reading it. Um, it's it's it shows Batman losing, which mm-hmm. is something I wanted to write a story about because I feel <laughs> I'm sick of Batman winning. But uh, I want you to read that. That one's good. But otherwise, yeah, I pick. I, I'm I'm pretty confident in my two face choice. And you went with who again? Riddler. He would just. I'm not. I'm not. I feel like he would. If you give me all the time in the world, I'll solve your clues. But if you're to have a timer going off, I'm done. And Riddler's way too clever for me. I'd lose. So it's like Joker in that sense, where Joker's the opposite. It's all like, not always, but it's a very physical timer mm. where you have to actually get something done, and Riddler's all up here, get yeah. something done. I, I lose both ways. <laughs> but all right, well, we sprinkled a little wrestling in there. Got some John Wick, which John Wick 2 looks super exciting, and I didn't realize it opened today. Yep. That's gangster. A little bit of superheroes. A lot of super. Oh my god, that was mostly superheroes. But, to be fair, that's why I wanted to start this podcast. Indeed. Was to talk about comics. Indeed. Otherwise, if you, you like... You yelled at me for getting you into comics yesterday. Yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> and I don't even spend the money... Okay, I spent like 250 bucks at Comic-Con, so... Yes. I guess that's fair. Uh, it's actually not bad for Con, though. <laughs> right? I could have I spent more if I didn't yeah. have to carry it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I could just buy it and have it get home, cool. Um, otherwise, if you like hearing his voice... Keep listening to Gifted Punksters in this one. If you like hearing my voice, keep listening to what did I just say in this one. Plenty of options. Uh, Otherwise, I think that's good. You good? I'm good. Last minutes? Uh, No, I'm good. Nah, we're feeling sexy. All right. (laughs) Otherwise, thank you. I am Kevin. I'm Pat. And thank you for listening to Men of the Machine.